live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning. Yes, my friends, we are here. We're here for the Lawn and Garden Show, even the day after Christmas, December 26th, where we're celebrating 59.0 degrees right now, hoping, hoping maybe we'll get to 60 degrees on the 26th of December, and it'll be totally weird and strange and wild, and who knows what is going to be the result of this. I went out yesterday, yesterday afternoon, looked at my hydrangeas, yeah, yeah. The leaves, the buds on the hydrangeas, some of them about an inch long, the ones right up towards the ends of the branches, the ones that eventually make the bloom stems for summertime. And I thought to myself, this does not bode well. Because at the point where you have leaves that are open inch or so long and you get freezing temperatures in January, February, kills the bud, no stem, no bloom, Mm, just be aware of that. If you have a hydrangea that is just the most precious thing in the world to you, you need to lay in some sheets or big cardboard boxes or frost cloth or something to cover it completely all the way to the ground on all sides when cold weather in indeed ever arrives. We'll need it. Ashley Frasco, let's make somebody happy. Let us do some Christmas gifts this morning. Let's do the weekend prize pack. Ashley will be I'm thinking ready. of a number between two and seven, although last week I think it was two and eight because she just really wanted to give somebody a hard time. So she's thinking of a number between two and seven to determine who wins the family four-pack of tickets to see an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at Infinite Energy Arena. could be, I think, any date. You just go in and claim your tickets there. But Ashley Frasky, uh, what caller? Keep it simple today. Caller four. Caller number four. Four fingers on your hand to dial 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Dial carefully. Caller number four wins. Later this morning, we'll be talking to Patricia Collins from Callaway Gardens, and you'll need to know that same contest line, contest number, because she'll be giving away tickets to the Garden Symposium at Callaway Gardens. Ten minutes past the hour. Kevin, 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 Kevin joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Kevin? Well, I can't believe I stumbled on the two-for-one sale because i got two <laughs> questions. <laughs> two-for-one, you bet. Okay, Go I'm on. recently transplanted from Colorado, and it's like the, the opposite side of the world here. Mm. Nothing that I grew there is growing here. Yeah. And uh, I'm a juicer, so I consume massive amounts of vegetables. And I looked for, this spring, I looked for yard cucumbers. They're these glorious beautiful two-foot-long cucumbers that I grew up there. I couldn't find them anywhere. Hmm. Um, and then I planted some peppers, and they didn't do too well. And I planted tomatoes, which you just explode in Colorado, and I have these 10-foot vines, and I didn't I didn't get anything. So I ended up Man. buying all my vegetables, and I yeah. want to know if there's something I can plant here that will actually produce a lot of juice. I, I need... I, I did discover collard greens. Oh, here. yeah, yeah. Good for you. Um, but uh, what I, I need is uh, some, just something that will grow here and, and I mean, prolific. Because I planted uh-huh. tomatoes, and I got tomato plants, but, I mean, you know, one or two every couple days instead of, you know, yeah. just 
You need lots. Can, they, and I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I, uh, need, to, I need help growing vegetables. How sure. long has this plot that you're guarding now, how long has it well, been gardening? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, it's actually a garden. It, it used to be fla- a flower garden. I'm, um, it's probably been 17 years since any serious work's been done. My okay. dad died 17 years ago, and yeah. my mom's been here alone, and just somebody comes and plants vegetables there. I added some of that black cow stuff um, they sell in the garden center, but... I don't know. All right, here's here's how big is the area too, Kevin? I you know what I'm thinking of doing? There's a I'm thinking of cutting down a bunch of trees in in the we have kind of a forest area in the back yeah. and since that that area didn't work too well. It, it wasn't it wasn't big enough. I'm going to go big. I'm going to go big up <laughs> in the woods, cut down a bunch of trees, let some sunlight in. And so but that's just, that's just basically a wild area that's gone sure. It's gone kind of like feral trees and for for years and years and years. So. I admire your determination, Kevin, and you will be able to succeed. You're going to get more vegetables than you can shake a stick That's at. That's what I want. Have juice at the wazoo. And here's, though, the steps that we're going to take to do this properly. The vegetable bed probably is going to be productive reasonably productive all by itself, but it's not going to give you enough vegetables and tomatoes to ever make your juicing successful. Okay, opening it up. We're going to cut down some trees. We're going to make a big sunny area to grow vegetables in. The biggest thing you can do in the wintertime to help you eventually, for years of productivity, have the soil tested by the University of Georgia. That's easy, and I'm going to give you a phone number that's easy to remember. It is 1-800-ASK-U-G-A-1. Okay. You dial that number. Hey, you can dial it after we hang up this morning. Uh, and leave a message for the Master Gardeners, and they will call you back on Monday. I think, depending on the holidays, I'm not sure how many Master Gardeners are around on Monday. But anyway, they'll call you back soon and uh, say, you say, well, I want to know how to submit my soil for a soil test. And they say, okay, uh, here's how you do it. It costs like seven bucks, eight bucks, something like that. Not, not expensive at all. You just mail it in? Um, you can. There's actually another way of doing the whole mail-in things. They have a kit that they will mail you the soil test bags and all the instructions. It costs a little bit more because of the mailing cost. But if you go to my website at walterreeves.com and just type Georgia Soil Test into oh, my that's search That's something line. I'd like to do. I yeah. Enjoy. Stuff all right. like that. We'll do Georgia Soil Test at WalterReeves.com. And um, that way you can get all the details. And uh, the results that you get back will come back pretty quickly. They'll say your soil acidity is such and so, and you need to add lime. Your soil phosphorus levels are such and this, and you need to add this kind of fertilizer to raise phosphorus levels. So you get this big analysis of your soil. You tell them, of course, that you're growing vegetables there. Um, and uh, you might consider, Kevin, doing two separate samples, one soil sample from the uh, flower bed, one from the area underneath your trees, because the soil I'm bedding is going to be a little different in one place to the other, and one might need more or less lime and phosphorus and all that stuff. So uh, the soil test is going to really get you ahead of the game. When you have the trees taken down, you'll choose, of course, whether you want to have the stumps ground or not ground. I would lean towards grinding the stumps out. It'll just make it easier in the years to come to cultivate back there. Remembering that when you have the stumps ground, there's going to be a whale of a lot of chips. And if you can get as many of those chips out of the ground and raked away and put somewhere else in the landscape, you'll be far better off because the chips for an initial uh, initial couple of years are not going to do anything good for the vegetables. They just rob nitrogen from vegetables. Okay. And so try to get all the chips out of there once the, once the stumps are ground down. 
And then if and when the soil dries out, if you're trying to do all this this uh, winter, you can do all of it, I think, this winter. Uh, sometime maybe go rent a good-sized tiller. Go to one of the big box stores that has a rental side business and uh, rent one of those great big Troy Built or, or the Blue Tiller. I can't even remember the brand name. But get one of those great big tillers and go back there and just, wow, just, wow, tear that place up. Wow. Loosen the soil like crazy. If you think it's all clay, get some uh, chicken manure. Get a truckload of chicken manure or cow manure or horse manure from someplace that you trust that doesn't have any herbicides in the hay. Uh, mix that in with your big old tiller, and come spring, come oh first of April or sometimes, Kevin is out there bent over planting his little collards and planting his cool season crops, and middle to late April is planting his tomatoes and his cucumbers and all that stuff. What about beets? Are that sure they work? Okay, they're cool season, so you plant them early in the season, so sometime in mid March to early April. Right. Okay. I have a second question. Yes, sir. Number All right, two. My garden was a total failure, but my fescue lawn is the most gorgeous lawn. I put in a yeah. whole new fescue lawn this, this uh, fall, and it's just just the most beautiful lawn in the neighborhood now. Okay. Um, however, we, you know, when the when the leaves came down, I kept waiting for a sunny day to rake them, and there's a couple <laughs> spots that where the leaves sat too long. Yeah. And uh, it's bare, and I heard you telling the guy it's okay to put in fescue right now, but I right. thought you were referring to sod. I Mine's was. a seeded lawn. I was. And could I spread some seed there this right now? Yeah, you can, but I'm not. It's the soil temperature is soil temperature is what depends or what determines whether fescue seed will germinate. And it's still pretty chilly right now. It's chilly okay. down like in the high 40s, very low 50s. It fluctuates at the two-inch level, and so, uh, you know, it depends. To be truthful, it's so warm right now, Kevin. Heck, I'd try it. I'd try it and see. You're not, okay. You don't have a lot of big areas out there, and just sprinkle a little bit of seed. Go. The rate is five pounds of seed per 1,000 square feet, so do a little visual estimation and scatter a quarter cup or something like that over the areas so you don't put too many seed down. Okay, great. All right. I got to get out of here, though, Kevin, but it's great talking to you. Thank you, Walter. Good Bye. luck with that garden. Thanks. <laughs> He's got all the work in the world ahead of Kevin. Oh, man, oh, man. It's 718. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you like afternoon highs in the 70-degree range, welcome to Atlanta the day after Christmas. My neighbor Carl from Boston is miserable right now. He loves snow. He loves cold. Teresa Shrum, who used to screen the calls here, she loves cold. Bozeman, Montana, where it's like 10 degrees right now. Here, temperatures right now, 58.7 degrees. Throughout the afternoon, 20% chance of rain. Highs in the mid-70s. More clouds tonight, but still, the conditions are going to be around, eh, let's call the low 60s this evening. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Lee joins us from Alpharetta. Hey, Lee. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what can we do, what can we do for you? I received a potted hellebores yeah. blooming profusely. Yeah. It says it can be a house plant. I don't think so. I want to know when I need to um, plant it. 
planted outside. And it says it can take some sun. Uh, and I've read no, no not to fertilize. I'm right, confused right. about all that. Tell you what I do. I've got my friend uh, Patricia Collins who came in early this morning before her 8 o'clock appearance. But I'll get a quick answer from Patricia. What do you think, Patricia? Could hellebore serve as a houseplant? Gee, I have never. That's that's a new one on me. Yeah. I I, I would put it outside. I think, uh, uh, Lee, I think your gut is right. I think putting it outside is the best thing for it. But if you want to try, try it and let us know. But it's... I'm not. I'm not gonna go that way. I have problems with play outside. I've got two Japanese uh, maple in pots. Yeah. I'm afraid to plant them in the clay. I just you know the drainage bit. Uh, well, what, what's the long term good drainage? They like to be drained, but I can't say that they're very sticky about the whole situation. I have some that are in a relatively wet place, but drainage better is better for them than uh, drainage poor. So make your choice, Lee. But one of the places I, I the place that I would say they'll do better is outside, even in clay, as long as it's not just soggy, flooded clay in the shade all day long. I still think you'd do better off with the hellebore to put it outside. I think it's just going to be healthier there. Thanks for calling, Lee. we got to get out of here and remind everybody of two-for-one questions this morning. Two questions answered. If you just have one, add another. 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after news. In the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.35 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. We're here live this Saturday, my friends. Next Saturday will be a best of because I'll be out of town. But today we are here and we are running a special two-for-one. If you have two garden questions, which normally we would not allow, or more accurately, Ashley Frasca would not allow. Today, Ashley, in the spirit of Christmas, in the spirit of Christmas, Ashley is allowing people to ask two questions at a time. If you have two questions or just one, give us a call. 404-872-0750. My friend Patricia Collins from Callaway Gardens is here. Even though she wasn't supposed to be here late, hey, she's here. We'll take advantage of her knowledge and see... Uh, See what she can add to some of the questions that we get. Grace is in Decatur, and Grace joins us on Lawn and Garden. Grace, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, my friend. How can I help? I have about three red tip. They're trees now. Yeah, sure. About two feet tall. I want to know when is the best time I can trim them and how much. Why do you want to trim them? They're so tall. So? <laughs> do they so? I've seen red tips bigger than 10 feet tall. I mean, 15 feet wouldn't be out of the question. So when you say they're too tall, does it mean they're just too big for the landscape? They're too big for the house? They block your view of the mountains? Why do you want to prune them? Well, they are too tall for the for the view, like. All right. So does that mean you want to shorten them? Is that your goal, to shorten them? 
be on the property line mostly. Yeah. And I need to try to make them look better. The best time, if you really want to know the best time, the best time is in July. That's what I heard. And then when I call the nursery somewhere, they say, do it now. Well, I'll tell you the difference. Here's why July is better. Do you remember, Grace, Patricia College, you remember, how many years ago was it that everybody had red-tipped photinias in their landscape? How long ago was that? So 15, 20 years ago, maybe? Easy 20. I'm saying 25. Maybe so. Maybe so. Long time ago, Grace. Used every to be on the on the oh, highways. Yeah. Up and down the highways, every landscape had five or ten red-tipped photinias because they were so pretty. You prune them in the spring real hard, and they come up with these gorgeous red leaves. They're awesome. And sadly, Grace, those new tender red leaves that come out on red-tipped photinia are insanely susceptible to a disease called red-tipped photinia leaf spot. And pretty much, you go around now, Grace, you're lucky to have red-tipped photinias because hardly anybody has them anymore because they all got wiped out or got ugly and people pulled them out. And the reason yours have survived so long, Grace, is because you haven't pruned them. But if you want to prune them, the best time to do that is in July because in July you'll have much less red foliage coming out on them. It's drier, and so the fungus can't develop. And so it just keeps the health of the tree better off, and you don't get the disease that you would get if you prune now, and it all comes back real, real uh, vigorously in March and April this year. Okay, yeah. I used to have a lot of them, and I really did lose about five. sure. Mm-hmm. And you stopped pruning, and now the rest of them are saying, thank you, Grace, for not... They're so beautiful when they, you know, be red. Oh, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But so sadly, you don't want that. wait until July. Wait till July. Line thank up you. your help between now and then, and wait till July. And July 4th, have a big red tip Fortinia <laughs> celebration. <laughs> thank you so very much. It's great talking to you, Grace. Thanks for calling. All right, bye-bye. 39 minutes past the hour. Richard is in Lawrenceville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Richard, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Hey, man. Hey, uh, I've got a nice fescue lawn. It's been well established. I bought this house about three years ago, and it's an older home. Yeah. And uh, it seems like it gets full of weeds, those little short weeds, sure. like, uh, look like, uh, I don't know, they're not as tall as the grass, but it's loaded with them. Sure. And uh, if I use the weed and feed on them, like in the spring, all it does is fertilize the, the weeds. <laughs> You so I, I want to get, uh, if I put a weed killer on it now and uh, kill the weeds, and, and not the grass, of course, and then in the spring fertilize the grass. No. No? This okay. is This is going to be one of those times, Richard, when I'm going to say, you know what? Weed and feed on fescue is not such a bad thing to do, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Fescue really and truly, Richard, needs to be fertilized three or four times in the wintertime. How many times have you fertilized your fescue? Uh, I, I didn't fertilize it in the winter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I suspected <laughs> so, Richard. So, yeah, right. uh, so you're supposed to, put this on your calendar, you're supposed to fertilize fescue September, November, February, April maybe. And oh, so okay. Richard's fescue is out there saying, man, oh, man, give us something to eat. And the weeds are saying, don't give the fescue something to eat. We'd like to grow, and they don't need as much <laughs> fertilizer. So it is right. true. You make a good point that if you fertilize now, you're feeding the weeds. But yeah. because you have weed unfeed, you're going to get rid of most of the weeds and feed the, fertil- feed the fescue. The fescue is going to come back stronger in the places where the little weeds have been growing. 
I think yeah. the weed and feed today. I think it'll take over the weeds if it comes back strong. Yeah, you know? I do too. I do too. Uh, so, so I guess I could go ahead and uh, weed and feed now, huh? I think now and uh, read the label. Make sure the directions are clear about how often you can put the weed and feed down. But if yeah. it says that you can do it within six or eight weeks after first application, well, this is uh, last of December, so you'd be in February, which is the next recommended time to fertilize fescue. Yeah, and if the I label says you can, February. if the label says it's all right to do another application in February, do that. Okay, so keep using the weed and feed then. I think in your situation now, don't call me. All my listeners out there are talking about their Bermuda or their Zoysia <laughs> or their something else. No, right. I'm not using weed and feed right now. Only Richard, only Fescue. You're right, okay. you can do it. Okay, thanks, Walter. You bet, Richard. It. Hey, man, thanks I for have. calling. All right, bye. We got, who next? Harry. Harry, a lot of questions this morning. Harry in Lilburn, Georgia. Join Good morning. Us. I thank you for taking my call. Sure, Harry. I have nut sedges in my garden like crazy, and mm. I know, could I possibly, since it is so warm, is I supposed to freeze just spray it with a nut sedge killer now, then mm. be cleaned out by the time I do my garden in April? I think you run a risk in the garden, in a veg. you're talking about a vegetable garden, Harry? Yeah. I think you run a risk of that chemical. The, the chemicals that do best at nut sedge control are also chemicals that may stick around a little bit longer than you want, and the vegetables may be right. affected. Read the label and make sure that I'm right, but I think that's what it's going to say. No spraying of nut okay. sedge in the garden. That was hard work for me. Well, uh, also, wait, 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 wait. I have a solution for you. Oh, thank you. If you go online, or if you go to go to my website, tell you what, go to my website because you can find this one word. If you type this one word into the search line, it'll take you to to a great place. It's called type the word funky, F-U-N-K-Y, into the F-U-N-K-Y. search line. Funky on my on WalterReeves.com. It'll take you to a page that has all these tools that I think are so interesting that you'll never ever find at local nurseries or big box stores. One of them is called the Water Weeder. And the water weeder is a little gizmo that you put on the end of your hose. It has a trigger, and you turn on your water and pull the trigger, and it makes a straight, strong stream of water that goes down in the ground easily, six six inches or a foot. And you go out to your garden, Harry, and put that water weeder next to the nut sedge, pull the trigger, and within seconds, the soil around your nut sedge tubers is all liquefied. You just pull it up by the handfuls right out of the soil. The tubers, most of them, come out with the plant. And you can go a long way to, to, to controlling nut sedge with that water weeder. Better in a vegetable garden, I think, than you can using chemicals. Well, thank you. Can I ask you one more question? We're doing two for one. Go for it. I have these babies coming up looks like around my sago palm that I take in and out. Sure. Am I supposed to cut those off and repot them and get more sago palm? You got and it. And when's the best time to do it? Best time is probably in spring when things are warming up a little bit. But yeah, sago palms have offsets or pups, maybe you'd call them, at the base. And in springtime when they've been out, maybe the last time that you take it out for permanently out, permanently out side, then the pups will start growing some nice little green foliage on them, and at that point, get a little knife, serrated knife, go in there and slice them off and repot them, and you got more sago palms. Thank you for your time. A pleasure talking to you, Harry. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Who have we got now? 744. Sharon is out in Roswell. Sharon joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sharon, good morning. Good morning. Uh, First question, I've got some bleeding hearts that I planted probably back in October. Yeah. 
they have come up and have started blooming because it's been oh. so warm. Bl- blooming already? Get out. Yes. So what's going to happen when winter really gets here? Uh, Patricia Collins has been gardening for longer than I have. Patricia, bleeding hearts, blooming now? I think that they're, may not, they may get killed. <laughs> they may, they might well, think that's going to be... <laughs> they may get frozen back. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they're necessarily going ki- No, not killed, but... They'll be frozen. Will they come back in, in spring? You, a lot of things that if they bloom out of season, then that's it for that for yeah. that year. So I don't know. I don't know if they'll, you know, rebloom or not. Gardeners don't know everything and have not seen every every thing that could happen in a garden, Sharon. You're on the bleeding edge of horticultural knowledge right now. <laughs> Especially my knowledge. And mine too. Sharon, you are gonna to have to report back to us in uh, March of this coming year and say, you know those bleeding hearts I talked to you about back in December? They're blooming or they're not blooming or they have leaves with no flowers or you tell us. I don't know. Oh, okay. Another experiment. It is always an experiment, Sharon. Do not anybody ever tell you that gardening is not more experimental than it is <laughs> knowledge and, and results-based. Most gardeners would acknowledge that you're just playing. You're experimenting with most everything you plant. Well, that's what I said. I'm playing in my yard today. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But uh, the second question is, I've got Coreopsis and... What do I do to winterize them? Why would you need to? My little Coreopsises are, have little tiny mouse ear leaves coming up around in the bed, but usually they're perfectly winter hardy. It's my are they are? Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. All right, well, th- that, those are my two questions. I appreciate it. All have right, a Sharon. happy, happy new year. You too. Thanks for calling, Sharon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Do, am I right, uh, Patricia Collins, Callaway Gardens, that Coreopsis in general is going to come back? I mean, uh, I know there's several yeah, species. Right. Just got, leave it. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little mouse-ear chickweed, uh-huh. uh, mouse-ear chickweed, mouse-ear tick-seed uh, Coreopsis, and like I said, there's an area probably a foot by a foot maybe that's mm-hmm. got all those little tiny leaves coming up. There are other um, Coreopsis. Is that the plural of Coreopsis? I've got a lot of other Coreopsis, and <laughs> I'll check on them in the next day or two, and we'll see. Well, see what happens to them, too. It's 747 at News Talk WSB. Our number is 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. Yes, sir. I got my lower lip tucked under my teeth doing a little funky dance right here. Yes, sir, Reed Bobcats. <laughs> a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Oh, boy, it's going to be a warm day today. I don't think it's going to break 60 degrees this morning. I was hoping that it would before the show ends, but now it's 58.9 degrees outside. Afternoon highs today in the mid-70s, the day after Christmas in Atlanta. Not much rain, not much chance of rain anyway. Overnight, the lows go into the low 60s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget that tomorrow you can pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution where they'll summarize some of their hardest-hitting news investigations during the year, of which there have been many and of which I have been thankful. 
and you'll also get $250 in coupon savings. Patricia Collins is with us this morning from Callaway Gardens. In just a minute, we'll be, during the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be giving away tickets to the Spring Garden Symposium. Southern right? Gardening Symposium. Southern Garden Symposium. Symposium that comes on at Callaway Gardens. We'll have our contest line open at 404-741-0750. Then, not now, don't call now. Ashley would... Ashley would shake her fingers at you if you call now, so don't call the contest line. But after 8 o'clock, we'll have a couple of uh, opportunities to buy or to win some tickets to the Southern Garden Symposium. Uh, rainfall in Callaway Gardens, Patricia Collins, how did it look? A little over 9 inches, lots of rain. Good, my God. Lots of muddy water. <laughs> muddy water, the lakes are full, the creeks are full. Absolutely. Roads and Overflowing. Some yeah, 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 yeah. So you live sort of up on a hill. I, I live on a hill, but we have a creek by our house, and it, the creek was way over the bank. Right. And then you can tell they've got you know the sand up in the sort of the oh, floodplain. Yeah. yeah, sure. So uh, and we have some rocks and rapids. It's you can hear it. It's raging. Sounds like sounds like yeah. a real mountain stream. But um, I don't think there was really minor damage maybe at the gardens, but yeah. not really. My not too brother. Much lives in Cave Spring, and we're getting together for a family get-together today. And he lives on a creek, pretty wide creek. It's about 20, 25 maybe feet wide. And he, after roaring rainfalls like this, indeed has a gravel area that all the gravel gets washed mm-hmm. into in a sand area. But the best thing is when somehow people upstream who did not secure their canoes or their <laughs> other things come floating down <laughs> into in front of uh, Allen's Creek there. And if it's got a name on it, obviously he's going to... Uh, try to get it back and he'll report it to the sheriff and make sure that there's any way that he can to get these escaped possessions back to people including lawn chairs furniture oh things like that <laughs> and so my brother i'm sure for the next week will be retrieving things out of the creek in front of his house and trying to get them back to the person to whom they belong we did have a bicycle in hours one time so. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that happening in my house thank goodness for that lots and lots and lots of rain just like you but no damage or anything much other than a little water in the basement. Mm-hmm. Our number on Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. Two for one Saturday. If you have two questions today, we'll answer them both and not limit you to just one. 404-872-0750. We'll be back with Patricia Collins from Callaway Gardens right after news. I don't have to speak, but she defends me. A broker's dream if I ever did see one. 